Good evening, everybody. Yes, good evening. I am Mark Mendoza, your host. Of course, you all know that because you tune in all the time. Anyway, it's 22 now. It's time for 22 now on Area 22 Productions. And uh, what you were just listening to is our very special guest tonight, Jimmy Coons. Hot off the press, a new release. Falling Down Drunk in Love with You Blues. I'll tell you what, man. Jimmy, unbelievable. What Thank you very much. A performance. What? I, I'm, I'm telling you, man. Not Thank only you. Are you going, not only are we here going, yeah, you're bringing tears to everybody's eyes, man. Well, that's you know, the that's the idea. It's it's like <laughs> heartbreaking, you know. It really is. It is great. Please. Thanks for coming on tonight, man. I know. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It's very nice to hook up with you again the other night. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, Laura and I went to uh, a a rock and roll photography and art exhibition in Brooklyn a few nights ago, and Jimmy was there, and he played. He did an acoustic set, and you could hear, except for when at the end of every song, when everybody was applauding, when it got quiet, you could hear a pin drop. Everybody was focused on this man here, just strumming a guitar and singing songs so soulful, so, I mean, pulling your guts out. It was great, in a good way, in a, in a great way. I mean, incredible, you know? And I'm going to let you talk in a second, but I got to okay. say, you fill the shoes of two of my favorite vocalists. And I now have three favorite vocalists because... I love what you do, you know, uh, on your own project, on your own stuff. But yes. you took the place of a rough character to take the place of, Rusty Day. Oh, yeah. In Cactus. Those are tough shoes to fill. And you took the place of one of my all-time favorite rock vocalists, Steve Marriott, in Humble Pie. Not an easy job, man. Not, not an easy job to do. And you do it like you just wake up and I can do that. It's so natural. It works out so well. It really does, man. Uh, I'm blown away. I really am. I, you know, I hear and see things all the time in the music industry, and it, you stop me right in my tracks. Oh, thanks, man. Made my evening there. <laughs> Just, <laughs> really yeah, that was that at the, the gallery, uh, Ed Heck, the world of Ed Heck Gallery. That's yes. where we were. And it was Delila's uh, rock star picks. Um, right. It was a photography ex ex exhibition, and it was really fun. It was, it was great. People, or some friends of ours were from Toronto, Joanne. And, uh, you know, there was people there from Germany. You were there. Laura was there. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. Laura and I drove into Brooklyn to see, uh, to see everything, and uh, I knew you were going to be there, but I didn't realize you were going to do, you know, an acoustic set. And it wasn't... Like you're typical. You're like, ah, here's a guy with an acoustic guitar. But I already knew who you were. You know, you are. And mm -hmm. you're like, okay, you're going to strum and play songs and, you know, sing around a camp. You were like tearing the place up. Well, thanks very much. Really. I mean, it was great. And, you know, you made, I, we discussed it after you were done. You're saying like, ah, oh, I forgot chords. I'm like, you made it so natural. <laughs> it, was, it was like, it was well, like, you got to. <laughs> you like forgot a couple of chords or a couple of words yeah. here and there. There's and it always something, you know, it, it, there's always something that goes on with these things, you yeah, know, as you know. But still, it was still, no matter what you think, the whole place loved it. They really it, did. I mean, it, it, felt it was so very natural. fulfilling for me it, as well. It was fantastic. It really was. Fantastic, man! I I have to uh, latch on to more of your solo stuff. Um, I'll and, hook you up with that stuff. It's amazing! Everybody listening should look up Jimmy Coons, and we're gonna post everything on the chat that Jimmy has done and what he's doing. You know, as the show goes on, so everybody can uh, get copies of uh, where to find everything and where to look to see the videos and stuff. But uh, uh, I, you know, like, how do I grew up on cactus and humble pie? Mm -hmm. And now I'm growing up on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I really am, man. I'm a fan of yours, hardcore. Thanks very much. Likewise. Yeah, hardcore <laughs> fan of yours. Um, it, it, like it, it's amazing. I I, lo I love asking people. Um, it, it, well, most people have great answers, but like, where did this all come from? <laughs> like, where did it, where? At what point did you say I got to do that? And it's, that's good. That's a very good question. Um, you know, we, my family, we 
we were uh, we were always surrounded by music. My mom and my dad. It was an amazing record collection. All sorts of different things, country and western, the Carpenters, um, um, uh, Monavani. I mean, like I I just can't even think of everything right now. But we also would pick up the 1910 Fruit Gum. Uh, company all the all the bubblegum pop singles and i i'm a firm believer it's what you hear when you're young and that's what shapes your yeah you know your palate so oh, to speak yes. um you know and and i was really lucky because my dad had a great stereo my mom they both loved music my aunt and uncle had a, an italian bar and grill and there was a Wurlitzer in there and that was just my that was my addiction and i would stand right in front of that my aunt my, my aunt pauline would say what do you want, Jamie? You know, and I said, I want hello, goodbye, and I'm the walrus, and she'd make a list, and I still have those 45s, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> Capital Swirl 45s, yeah, yeah. of course. You know, yeah. and later on, I started playing coronet, it, you know, I, I, and singing in church choir. And well, it, church choir and then high school choir, we had a killer choir in Lock Haven, Pennsylvania. As a matter of fact, um, my best friend, CJ Snare, the front's firehouse, he and I went to school together. <clears throat> and um, we were in church choir and we were in, uh, in the uh, uh, high school choir as well. And he's great. He's a great pianist. He's a classically trained pianist as well as being a great singer. Um, you know, and uh, it was just kind of like never a question. Like every Christmas, you'd get a ukulele or some bongos or something like that. So, you know, around nurturing parents, you know, and great music that when, when you and I were growing up, you know. And I mean, how could you not get bit by that, you know? I certainly did. <laughs> I did. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just um, well, you know, it, it's you, you said you were in the choir in in um, in school, and you've done other things, but um, what you do with your voice is much more than a high school choir. Yeah. You know, you've developed a soulful sound that um, whether you're doing your solo stuff or I'm watching some of the cactus videos, you, you just make it seem so easy. Thanks. Well, I think it is con it's concentration, but mostly it's relaxation and breathing. You know, people ask me about singing. I, the major part is breathing. And, uh, you know, when I used to get ready to go out on the road with Cactus, <clears throat> you know, I, I would jog with my girlfriend. And then a little slowly but surely, I'd start to, once you get the, you know, once you get the, the pattern down, the breathing pattern, um, and I would start to lightly sing, you know, and it's a, you got to be able to lightly sing too. You can't just be a gangbusters all the time. It's moving the air. It's really a simple thing. It's it's knowing how to move the air. Yeah, but uh, you got to have the vocal cords to make it, the air sound good. It helps. Yeah. yeah, it sounds great coming out of you. It's it sounds amazing. So, um, you know, I never when you see the original band that you liked. And I'm not taking anything away from your solo career because we're going to get into that, and that's mm -hmm. that's amazing. But mm -hmm. you know, it's it's uh, to see Cactus perform again. And way before I knew you, I had seen Cactus. Um, you know, when you just started playing with them a couple of times, um, yeah. and uh, I was like, wow, they found someone who could cut these. You know, could cut these songs. It's not easy stuff to do to. Take Thanks very much, place, man. Really. Thanks very much. Yeah, I, I was actually working out at my friend Randy Pratt's studio out in Long Island. Right. And uh, I was recording my second solo record, Gate of All Saints, and we had Simon Kirk in, and my friend Robert Kearns from Leonard Skinner, from, and mo most recently, he's been with Cheryl Crow for a long time, he and Oddly Freed, uh, and, and uh, got a little budget together, and we tracked about 9, 10, 11 songs with Simon, and then Steve Gorman, so... Uh, uh, Rob Robert brought uh, Steve Gorman in, right? And uh, the original version of "Falling Down Drunk in Your Blues." We tracked that when I said to Steve, "Hey, I have this one last thing. You want to give it a shot?" So it was a power trio, and I cut the live vocal. So I've got a version of that, and then I've got a version that my friend Paul Morris from Rainbow put some Hammond on. And then I, I got in touch with Rabbit Bundrick, John Rabbit Bundrick, yeah. who, and of course, with Free, you know, my favorite of band of all time. And he said, oh, man, you know, send me all the stuff for Simon. And so that, that's the third version of, uh, of Falling Down Drunk in Love With You Blues. And now this is a re-record version, the one that you all just heard. Uh, the one that the I song, where, When did you first come out with it? Um, 
That was 2006. Okay. And that was the track that I didn't get a chance to do an expanded version of that. That's in the, that's in the books. That's in the uh, that's in, you know within uh, 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 one of the things that we want to do is do an expanded version because I think it'll probably be about 16 tracks altogether. Oh, nice. So a lot of stuff in the can, you know. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, I can't wait to hear more from you. Can't wait to hear more from you. Everybody's uh, you know posting great stuff about. Uh, Obviously, some of the people that were at the the show the other night that we were at were, are on huh. the chat right now, and oh, Laura's chatting. Very much. It, you know, it was a great show. Your performance was, was so amazing. Yeah, it really was. Uh, so, how did you eventually hook up with uh, Carmine and Timmy and Jim McCarty? How, how did that come about? Yeah, well, you know, Randy had made an offer to Carmine and Tim and Jim to get back together and do some recording at his studio out Long Island. And and as luck would have it, all the sessions that I was just talking about with my Gate of All Saints, Simon went away to Brazil, I think, for that Christmas, and then we got Steve in. And then right after that, um, Randy uh, contacted me and said, hey, look, you know, they want someone to sing along with what they're writing. So I went out, I got my yellow legal pad, and, and, and we wrote up, I wrote up like three lyrics, and we started laying things down. And I think at one time, I think Carmine wanted to do like an all-star record, bring different vocals, vocalists and everything in, you know, to do like a celebration of the cactus thing, you know. But as they started to record new songs, um, uh, you know, Randy said, you know, you're the guy. And the thing that I realized, you know, started listening to the cactus stuff, I went, wow, that I really have a lot of that grit like Rusty had. Oh, yeah. You know. And, and I thought, wow, this could be a really good fit. And it did for since 2006, you know. Um, but what happened was uh, Jim McCarty was the one that said, Jim, no, J Jimmy Coates, he's the one. He's the one for Cactus. And uh, and then, then it started, and then I met you in 2007 at the NAM Jam. At the NAM out, Jam, yes. Paul Reed Smith NAM Jam, yeah. Paul Reed Smith. A great jam, yeah. Woof. Just think about the guitar players on that stage that night. Oh, right? Pat Travers and uh, Warren Haynes and Joe Bonamassa, Bonamassa. you know, Oof, and me and Jim and you know and Tim. Oh yeah, oh man, that was a wonderful night. There's some really good. It, you look up Nam Jam. It's on YouTube. It's it's yeah, it's really good. extraordinary. Uh, yeah, that they chronicled it. What, you know. what a night that was. Oh man, yeah. and I was blown away because I, I really didn't know who you were before that. Hmm. Yeah. That was my first Nam. Oh okay. So, yeah. it, it really, I mean, uh, there was um, uh, plenty of my friends and, and you know, musicians and, and everybody were there that night. And, you know, you did, uh, you did a hell of a job, you know, Thanks. playing in Cactus. You know, it just, uh, I grew up on Cactus. Mm -hmm. I used to watch them when they rehearsed out in Breakout Management. That's just so park. cool. When I was a yeah. kid, when I was, I don't know, 14, 15 years old. Yeah, it was. It was that, great. that was just like CJ and I back in Lock Haven, Pennsylvania, and we've got really good friends. There was a band actually called Stonehenge, and and they did a Kiss show, and they did they were rollickingly good band. They did Fool for the City, and yeah. they there was an old garage up not far from where we lived, and we'd go up, and they were really cool to us. You want to come in and listen, and we were just like, and we were about that at your age when you were listening to Cactus. You know, that's what it is. It's people that. You know that they support you and they, you know, they uh, they're nice to you and let you into their world. You know. Yeah. Well, before I saw Cactus, I had a, a couple of their. Uh, well, actually, the the first album was just out. Uh huh. Um, uh, seventy 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 right. What's that? Nineteen seventy. Yeah, I believe it was seventy when it came out. Yeah. So what was I? Uh, I was actually oh, I was like thirteen when I saw them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish I would have seen the original. Oh, man, what an influence to see that original band, you know, and everybody's yeah. younger and, you know, and just on fire. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Big influence. Just straight ahead rock. Timmy, Timmy's a big influence about how I play yeah. you know, outside of TS, but in everything else I do. Yeah, Timmy. yeah. Well, I could have seen that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, and and also, uh, you know, I grew up on Humble Pie and Steve Marriott and, and uh, you know, those guys are great. And D and I actually got to meet Jerry Shirley, oh, I don't know, about eight, eight or nine years ago. Mm -hmm. We talked about Humble Pie. Of course, everybody else is gone. 
mm-hmm. in the band, so we got to talk to him about Humble Pie, and he couldn't believe how much we knew about Humble Pie. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Clem, Clem's still around. Clem's playing, Clem Clemson is playing right. with Clemson. my friend. Clemson. Yeah, my friend, uh, you know, uh, Mark Clark. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're doing a, uh, they're doing Coliseum, actually, again, with, uh, with um, Chris Farlow. Oh, nice. A lot of Europe work. I wish that I could go over and do more European. Yeah. Sure. sure. That's going to be in the future, you know? Yeah, tough. Two tough vocalists to, you know, to just try to do what they do. And you do it like it's nothing. (laughs) Steve Marriott and and Rusty Day. It's incredible. I know I said it before, but it blows me away. It really does. (laughs) So um, let's move on to more of your stuff. Um, Okay. Uh, you've uh, you just put this single out. You have other things that are out. Do you have yeah. a, a grand plan here, or you're just going to plug along and put out songs, albums? Well, you know, uh, when I was working with Humble Pie uh, pre-pandemic, whenever we'd be, be back in New York City, I've got the executive producer, Keith, uh, uh, and um, he uh, was so nice to get budget together for me to record some Jimmy Coons congregation stuff. Um, and uh, so we had four songs, and then that's the fifth one, that, the Falling Down Drunk in Love With You Blues. And there is plans to do a complete album. We're just looking to see where the one the right time is. You know, I've been I've been writing ever since, all the way through the pandemic, and it's just a matter of sifting through the material. The songs are there. It's just a matter of, like, yeah. you know, fine-tuning, that kind of thing. It, it then there's other projects, so kind of takes your time up and yeah, uh, I I can't wait to hear more. I mean, uh, you know, Laura, I've been watching YouTube and various places to watch everything that you've done. We got, we're so hooked. There's a lot of stuff up there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there really is. So, you know, you also sang and performed with one another band that was, um, you know, some in, a lot of influence on me growing up. And uh, what can I say? Savoy Brown. Oh yeah, that was uh, that. Kim made gave me my big break. You know, I was uh, I was living in Brooklyn. I was working in Manhattan, and uh, I was playing with Rick Ventura from Riot, and then and Greg Smith was on bass. Originally, it was a band called Silent Partner. I came in from Pennsylvania and auditioned and got the gig. And then uh, Gene Simmons promptly snagged Greg for Wendell Williams' band. So Jimmy Iommi one of the original bass player, he came into the fold, and it was Steve Wexler on drums, and we did some gig, we opened, actually opened for Fastway, Jerry and Fastway, at Lemoore in Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. and, and Bluister Cult, we did a bunch of stuff, and uh, you know, <clears throat> when you're younger, things don't move fast enough, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and I answered a Village Voice advert, uh, and, and there was a number, uh, you know, um, classic guitarist seeks singer type thing you know and man what a classic what a world-class guitar player and kim simmons uh man unfortunately passed away this year i know i know but man he really took me under his wing and i actually lived with his family for a while in shelby ohio and we uh we did some good road work and uh, he was my biggest mentor kim i have to say lovely guy Astonishing guitar player and writer. Uh, I've got I got to meet him a few times over the years, touring. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, just a great guy, man. Of course, yeah, a, a tremendous influence on me. I remember listening to Savoy Brown when I was really young, uh-huh. even before Cactus was around. Yeah. So yeah, they, Kim Simmons is, is, has been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, the original blues band was '67. Yes. Think about 67. that. The, the Savoy Brown Blues Band. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they were called. Um, uh, and and that, I think that's what the Beatles were. You know, I had a long career. Yeah. And it always kept going. You know, he always always writing and releasing music. And you know, yeah. Wow. So we we actually when we we played in Poland, we played at this outdoor amphitheater in Poland, and it was ten years after Savoy Brown. And cactus. For some reason, we went on last, and it was raining sideways. It was a wild night. But I looked over the side of the stage, and Kim had this habit. He always used to have a nice cigar after the set. 
he looked so relaxed and I happened to look over the side and, and Kim was smiling and I said, nah, can't get better than that, you know. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, you know. And your doctor guys are cool too. Those um <laughs> those times in, in uh you know, we all have memories like that, you know, it, it just <clears throat> it, it and I'm sure you do because you played with so many amazing people. Uh, but we all have memories like that where you remember someone, you know, who is usually gone and that was in the industry and someone you had a great a great time with. So, yeah, it's uh, it's great stuff, man. I remember playing Savoy Brown in the first club band that I was in at 16 years old. Oh, cool. Do you remember what you played? Oh, God, I don't remember. Hellbound Train? Yes. And then... Um, That's a great live tune. We did... Three Savoy Brown tunes in a club. Pete Corner talking. God, I just don't. You know, I haven't thought about yeah. it in in yeah. like fifty years. Yeah. <laughs> it really was about fifty years ago. Yeah, we, I, I, you know, we 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 did this tour, um, nineteen eighty five, and it was called the Legends Tour, and it was like they always booked things in January, and you'd go to Toronto, and you'd go to up in Canada and like Minneapolis and stuff, we have to walk over, you know, they have the enclosed going over the street, you know, because it's so cold. <laughs> but it was it was Savoy Brown, um, Iron Butterfly. Oh, man. Two, two of my dear friends, Steve Fister, who's a remarkable guitar player, and Lenny Campanero, he's out in California. We met then. And then it was Mark, uh, then it was uh, Iron Butterfly. It was Mark Farner Band. Oh really? It was a three-piece band, yeah. And he, Mark, headlined, and uh, I'm blanking out. Who was the other band? Savoy Brown, Iron Butterfly. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, Leslie Weston Mountain. Yeah, and that's Mark Clark. That's when I met Mark Clark on bass. Another guy that showed me all the tricks, like in a hotel room. We'd be, you know, come up to my room, you know, and then we'd go out for dinner or something. I'd reach down and. Turn the TV. No, 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 no. Leave the TV on. Leave the lights on. That way, they won't come in and rip you off. So, you Is know, Mark Farner. No, uh, Mark Clark. Oh, Mark told, Clark. Taught yeah. me all that. Stuff. No, I leave all that stuff on. That yeah. way, they think someone's in here. They're gonna bust in and rip you off. Rip all your stuff <laughs> off. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I went. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. That's a great tour, man. Uh, you know, like Beacon Theater style, yeah. ornate theaters through the Midwest and Canada, sure. 3,000 theaters. That's the most fun. I think it's the most fun type of venue to play. Yeah. I had seen um, the original Savoy Brown, I believe, four times. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, the Fillmore? Times. What's that? Fillmore? Did you see them at the Fillmore? No. No, I never saw them at the Fillmore. I saw them... Uh, the first time I saw them was in Lincoln Center in Manhattan in like oh, cool. 1970. 1970. Okay, yeah, yeah. I went with a bunch of Was that with Lonesome Dave, yeah, right? The, the guys from Foghat. And yeah. Foghat, yes. What a great yeah. band. And then I saw them again probably when I was about 16. Um, we went to... Philadelphia to see a concert and I don't remember who it was I really don't, I haven't thought about mm -hmm. it and Savoy Brown was playing one of the larger clubs in Philly that night also mm -hmm. so cool. we went and saw the opening band in, uh, in, in Philly and then we went over to see Savoy Brown and then I saw them again when I played I think I saw them again in Chicago mm -hmm. when I was still when I was in the Dictators and they mm -hmm. played a, a theater yeah, I went and saw them again. So I, I want to say it was probably four times that I saw the original Savoy Brown. I still love playing Chicago and Detroit with Savoy Brown. Well, with anyone, with Cactus or anyone. What great, 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 you know, Frasen, rock and roll. Yeah. 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 Very uh, Chicago and, and especially Detroit, rock and roll mm -hmm. atmosphere. You know, I remember, I remember playing uh, Detroit and Chicago multiple times in every band, but also when I was in Blackfoot. Oh, oh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was. I played with Ricky for about three years. Yeah. Oh, cool. I never uh, knew that. Great, See? great times, man. Oh, yeah. What a great guy. Yeah. Great. Ken Hensley played with them for a while, probably after yes. when he played. Yeah, he did. 
He did. Yeah. Um, yes. I'm a big Heat fan, big Uriah Heat fan, major Uriah Heat fan. Yeah, wow. And I told you, I think we were talking the other day, that uh, when I was in the Dictators, we, we toured with uh, Nazareth and Uriah Heap. That's right. Yeah. You know, wow. Seeing these legends every night. Incredible. Yeah. 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 So I was like on that legend tour. I made. I, I was beside of the stage to watch Leslie and Mark and Corky like every, and it was just every night just kicked your head in. Oh, seeing Alan, picking the monitors around and berating the monitors. It's a part of the show. Seeing the original, he kicked in. He right. had one. Right. That was his thing, you know. Just, so just seeing the original mountain, the size of the music, you know. Yeah. Between Leslie and Felix, the notes were like fifteen feet across. If you oh, yeah. see them, that's how it was huge sounding. It was massive. And those monster cabinets that Leslie used to just play the tones, spin, yes. you know, tones. You know, everybody, yeah. all the, everybody would, you know, these days spends. You got a pedal board and you got this, you got that. I remember Leslie getting up with a, a Les Paul Junior, mm-hmm. one pickup, a P ninety pickup, yeah. with three stacks, and it sounded like. He was in Shea Stadium. I mean, it was just... Well, that was, was that tone, you know. Oh, Rick Ross, they all yeah. loved that Leslie West tone, you know, which was that real organic, like, wide, like, big tone. And I toured with him on and off for three years, Joe Franco and I, drummer. Oh, cool. uh, we toured with him, and I got to hear that every night. Yeah. That's great. Joe's a lovely guy. I like Joe a lot. You know Joe Franco. Joe Franco, yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah. What a yeah. monster drummer too. Yeah. Monster yeah. drummer. So yeah, Leslie and uh, and Joe and I, we would go out for a few weeks at a time, and and uh, every night was funny with Leslie. Every night, right? So entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> We're entertaining the audience, but Leslie's entertaining me and Joe. And they were just so off the charts good. And and we, you know, they flew everywhere. And we, it, when I was at Sadler Brown, we drove everywhere. In yeah. Big fan. And when we got when we got up there and there was like the inevitable snow because it was winter, you know, they were like, do you mind if we tag along with you? So we all got snowed in in Chicago. And I started coming down with this wicked flu. And Leslie came up to my room to check on me. And he said, ah, this is much too hot. This is too hot. We need to change rooms. You need to get a different room, different room. And he really took me. He didn't ever remember to hear this much. But he took me under his way. Him and Mark Clark and Corky. You know, Corky's a lovely guy as well. And, um, yeah, we all went out, bought boots one night. And, and Leslie Leslie was saying, I got the best Chinese place. It's under this bridge. It's under the L. It's like, you're going to love it. And it was great. Yeah. My poor guy. <laughs> Yeah, I miss Leslie. Oh yeah, what yeah. a loss! You know, just like it, it is everybody who who passes on in, in this industry, and you know, who's just a great character and a great musician, a great vocalist. Yeah. It's just it really is, and I'm glad I have such great and fond memories of of uh, of Leslie West. Yeah, know, becoming great friends with him, and well, we're really lucky to have been enriched by these. Wonderful yeah. soul, wonderful talents, you know? You know, here's a story for you. Okay. I want to say I was about 13 or 14 years old, and my friend, my, my friend, my friend, Dwayne Kalfas, who's long gone, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, R.I.P. Dwayne. Uh, but in any case, um, I grew up in West Hempstead, and we okay. wanted to go down and see Cactus rehearse. We knew what their schedule was. So we get out on, on a road called Hempstead Avenue and start hitching. We hitch a ride. A Volkswagen bug pulls over, you know, and we get in the back, and the driver goes, where are you guys going? I said, we're going to Island Park. And it was Tim Bogart and Carmine Apsey. Wow. Yeah, we got, we're, nice. we're looking. We know that we recognize them, and we're yeah, back when you can hitchhike and be safe. Yeah, well, we drove us all the way down, down the street, cool break out. Yeah, we're going down over here this way, and we get out of the car. They took off, and we walked the next like four blocks up to break out, and just you know stood on the side and sat on some old garbage pails and stuff, listening to Cactus. But you know, I talked to Carmine about that not too long ago, and he goes, you know, Timmy and I picked up two kids. You know, back then, and they were, yeah, it was like, yeah, well, that was me, Carmine. <laughs> How funny is that? It was me and Dwayne, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. very, very That's uh, a really, really funny that uh, we actually got in the car with them. Yeah, it's great. 
That's one for the book. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. That's, mm. That'll go in my book, that story. I'll yeah. give a little more detail. There's not much more to it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they were great guys, and they were talking about songs and music, and, and we're just in the back going... <laughs> we got a car. I go, Dwayne, that's the real thing. That's the real deal. You know, that's Carmine. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So... It was very funny stuff. So, you know, the, who knows? You know, when things like that, you're in the industry and, and great things happen. I never thought that I would ever meet Leslie West, let alone tour with him. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it was just monumental. Here I am playing the songs that I grew up on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and know. so are you. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's Cactus or Humble Pie. And, and yeah. you know, and it's great that you get, you're getting to really be Jimmy Coons. Yeah, you know, I've always I've always done that in between. You know, I've I've always, uh, you know, I was always a frontman lead vocalist, and and uh, I owned guitars before I could play them. Like when my friends were hard up, I'd say, "When you have enough money, then buy it back from me." When they were hard up or whatever, Gibson Marauder, that you know, that was frustrating not be able. So at some point along the way, having played with like Rick Ventura and Kim Simmons and Savoy Brown. I started to play more and more as this through osmosis. I was watching them and 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 absorbing what they were doing. And of course I had all the encyclopedic knowledge of all the Jimmy Page stuff, the acoustic Jimmy Page stuff and which you heard a bunch of the other night. Um, you know, but uh yeah, it's just after I got over the stigma and saying, Oh it's just you know what it is? As you know, being a guitarist, bassist. It's like practice, 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 repetition, 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 and you get better, and you get better, and you get better. Yeah, you're right, it, absolutely. And I, it's you have to keep, you know, even during COVID when there was no gigs and really nothing going yeah. on, I still snuck out and jammed with people and uh, yeah. did a few things in person. We all did, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know when you're not supposed to, but I did it anyway. Who's going to stop me? Yeah. Well, yeah. Who's going to stop me? Can't stop rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, you can't stop rock and roll. You can't, you know, saying talking about you can't stop rock and roll uh-huh. in in TS and our fans, our SMFs around the world, or our fans. We always abbreviate the songs. We just take the first letter, like you know Y C R and R, right? Uh huh. We don't, and I, I want to rock I W R. So you're going to have to do something with falling down drunk in love with you blues. Oh, I know. You're yeah. To take the first the, letter. The engineer was like, what's the, what's, I said, you know, that's, that's not the actual name of the, but you know what? It, it, nothing says it like falling down drunk in love with you blues. It's, <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately, it's long, but there you go. Well, when you have a set list, right? But, but I do, I do write the initials, or the, the first letter of, you know, F. <laughs> So when you when you now soon in the near future when you actually go out solo and do a tour, and Mm -hmm. uh, you're gonna have to take this all the songs and just write the first letter on the set list. Yeah, the first letters and people like, what is this? Is this like code or something? Yeah, yeah, it's code. Don't worry about it. I was I was always the one that did the set list and cactus and well with most bands you know being the singer and stuff and I'd always put something smart ass in there <laughs> you know to see if any see the guys when they're playing looking down at the list and start smirking um, just see if they're paying attention I, I I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the fact that Twisted Sister was just inducted into the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame congratulations it was a great induction it was a lot of fun and I'm not That's sitting here well with- deserved. What's that? Well deserved. Well, thank you. And um, the one thing I wanted to tell you, um, and of course that's great, and we love it, and, um, and the award's great, and, and um, you know, I, I look forward to it, and you know, hanging with the guys and playing with them again, even though it was yeah. three songs. It's, it's in my blood. I love it. But uh-huh. out on here, out on Long Island here in Stony Brook, there's the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame. And if you ever get out here, you should go see it. Uh, I will do that. You yeah. are, you know, Cactus and Vanilla Fudge is there, and all the clubs that used to be around is represented. And it's not just music, it's entertainment. And it really, everybody else should go there too. It's just an amazing place to see when uh, you get to see all the pictures and photos and music and videos oh, of all these Totally have to check that out. Yeah. I mean, just everything, R&D yeah. and I love stuff like that. Stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it, it really is. And, um, I, I believe that you're in one of the the cactus photos. 
Yeah, I believe that you are. I have to go okay. look and see that again because we were there. We were in so much pressure to. It was just myself and JJ, and we had to take uh, pictures and do interviews, and I, we really didn't have a lot of time to walk around and look at everything. Right, so right. you know, I intend on going back to just really go through the place and see it. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I I, I tend to spend a lot of time out there. You know, I when I go out to record. Um, it's usually on a Wednesday, and I'll do a Tuesday night jam, Bobby uh, Rondinelli's jam at the at Katie's Smithtown, yeah. with Paul McGilloway, my wonderful, wonderful uh, Irish guitar player friend, who plays on Falling Down Drunk and Love with the Blues. Oh, okay. And uh, Rob DiMartino is the wonderful bass on there. Bass player, yes. Yeah, and, 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 and Keith is uh, on drums, the, our executive producer. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds great. Your performance is amazing. The guitar playing is fantastic. It really is. It's just uh, amazing. Wow. We we have a bit. Yeah, Paul Paul was the guitar player at Jimmy Coon's band, and in Freed Live, we had a free uh, band, and we would play all free stuff at BB King's. And then, of course, they would insist, "Can you do some Bad Company?" So we throw in some rare Bad Company. So I guess stuff. you like Paul Rogers, huh? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the ones. You know, Marriott, Paul Rogers. Uh, um, Frankie Miller, though, is he's the one for me. I, I don't know if you can see. Yes, I see it. But, um, yeah, uh, what a voice. What a You talk about someone that's going to make you cry. Even Rod Stewart said the same thing about Frankie. I think Frankie has, has the most wonderful voice ever of, okay. of them all. It's great yeah. to hear someone that has your talent to say that. I mean, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you, yes. And what what an incredible vocalist! Absolutely incredible vocalist. Yeah. Um, I'd love to get on to something here. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, I just saw this. Um, tell us about the Jimmy Coons congregation. Yeah, um, you know I was going by the Jimmy Coons band, uh, and we did. We must have played. Well, in between Cactus, Jimmy Coon's band, and Freed Live, I must have played BB Kings about fifty times, and uh, and I was in the city. So if they were stuck for an act, an opening act, we opened up for Mr. Big. We opened up for on my fiftieth birthday. We opened up for Leon Russell. Woo, man, that was a great party. Yeah, you know, um, uh, Butch Trucks Band, um, Y and T. Yeah, it was great. You know, I mean. Uh, it was great while it lasted, you know. I mean, the New York scene's changed as as every every city and music scene has changed. But I was really lucky to be able to have a venue such a such a great venue to, yeah. uh, and you know. Yeah. So the Jimmy Coons band basically for the third record <clears throat> morphed into Jimmy Coons Congregation. My my grandfather was a Lutheran pastor, and uh, and for some for some reason I just thought Jimmy Coons Congregation. That's a it's a positive thing. It's it's like we need to work in this world, keep things together. There's too much of this going on. There's too much divisiveness. I think it's a positive message. You know, it's a, a positive it, moniker, so to speak. It kind of rings forward with uh, the Black Label Society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. I love those guys, man. I love the yeah. stuff they put out without a doubt. You know, it's like, player, wow. you're, you're like a million miles apart between them yeah, and you. Yeah, yeah. Black Label Society, Jimmy. I met, you know what? I met I met Zach when he was just joining okay. Ozzy, and he's this skinny little kid with long hair. And we were both going to PJ Clark's. <laughs> well, I had, you know, seen a picture of him. So he was the nicest guy. He still is a nice guy. Oh, Zach is a great guy, man. It's just a lot of fun. Well, I haven't seen him in many years, but just a lot of fun, you know. Um, the, uh, the the Jimmy Coons Congregation, the, the four songs that you haven't heard yet, but you will. Uh, for two songs, we had Kenny Aronson. On bass. Kenny on bass Kenny's with Joe Vitale from Barnstorm. Yes. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then we had Steve Holly in, on... Uh, on drums on two other songs as well. Wow, good choice. Yeah, you know, and uh, a couple guys from the Humble Pie thing. and Yeah, and, and the songs turned out great. And, um, you know, just waiting for the right sort of label, you know, looking around. You know, we have a few things in mind. You know, if not, we'll just put it out ourselves. Yeah. Well, it's... It... You gotta you gotta make it happen because um, 
people, it really is a DIY scene, you know? Yeah, but people have to be exposed to this because it's incredible stuff. Thanks, man. Yeah, it really is. I can't wait for you to hear the other four. What, say that again? I can't wait for you to hear the other four of the Jimmy Coons congregation. Oh, yeah. Really, really proud yeah, of it. Yeah, we're going to listen to all of it. So tell us about the National Wrecking Company. Oh, yeah. I'm, tell us you know, about that. I'm, I'm, That's I'm, also another mind-boggling. You know, God bless Randy Pratt. This is his brainchild and uh, our, our wonderful engineer. He's a great guitar player as well, uh, Josh Barrell. He, um, it's Randy and Josh and I, and Randy's uh, guitar players. Uh, I was telling you about that project we put one we put the first volume out and then i got some i got uh randy did up some uk uh touring copies for me and we i happened to get in touch you know the thing about facebook that is good is that uh, you know a few of my all-time heroes reached out to me you know with messages and uh you know maybe they saw that i was a big fan or something like that so and uh, and bernie and i started this dialogue he said would you want to play on something man he was so great and he just he did such a wonderful wonderful job it was really i think a month later he was gone uh, you know, we were talking about bernie the other night you yeah and we were he had just worked with d also yeah. Desperado, uh, right? Things. Yeah, and you know, he just a great record. Yeah, great record. Desperado, really uh, great, yeah. strong. Oh record. yeah, great stuff, man. Yeah, seek that. Listen, look out for probably, that record. Probably his his best one, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I'm a huge, I was a huge Gillen fan, and 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 David Coverdale and the original the original White Snake. I lived, I lived in a, in a town called Greenock, Scotland. That was a 35 minute train journey from Glasgow, right, from 77 okay. to 81. So think about the music at the Glasgow Apollo Theater. Yeah. You, know, you were talking about Nazareth, Gillen, White Snake, UFO, <sighs> Michael. It was everything. Everything. It was just, I, pro I kind of almost went every day of the week. And I'd always miss the last train, like I was telling you, because I didn't yeah, want to. You were telling me that you missed For the encore. <laughs> I was 20-something then, though. I was a little bit more resilient than, you know. <laughs> sleeping on abandoned train cars and stuff. Yeah, sleeping. I must have been nuts, but there you go. Yeah, I mean, well, you couldn't get home, man. You know, what yeah. are you going to do? You know, it's just. The last train was like 11 20 or something. The whole there. continent, the trains stopped running at 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what? It's The bars and everything close at 11, and they should run till 12 so everybody can get home. Exactly. But no, the bars let out. And the train stopped running, and it's, there's hundreds of people like, like you know looking for taxi cabs. I, I never understood that. I just never yeah. understood it. Not that it was, I, I, it was either Renfrew Renfrew Street or Sucky Hall Street, and it was like, you know, when you go to the Glasgow Apollo, you'd be going uphill to the venue. It was yeah. up to the right, off right off the train station. You go right. up, and uh, and there's always a big sign, Bell Scotch Whiskey. Before you go. And then running down that, low, like the incline going the other way, trying to get that train. I'm like, oh, I missed it. I could hear it go. <laughs> you see it pulling away, and then you had to find some place to. I'm like, out. and it's cold. <laughs> Till what? What time did it start again? Like five in the morning. Yeah, like five thirty or something. Uh, yeah, like. You know, luckily, knock wood, I never ran into any trouble, and it was pretty rough and tumble back then. Yeah, seventy, yeah, sure. you know. Sure. I, 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 one of the flats that I lived in was a cold water flat, because back then they were about thirty years behind the uh, United States. But you know, I tell you what, Mark, I loved every minute of it. Um, why not? Loved every minute. I love Scotland. It was very yeah. similar to Pennsylvania: lakes, locks, the mountains. Yeah, Cave. yes, you're right. It is. It, it kind of is Beautiful all over Scotland. You know, we Wonderful played, people, we played yeah. Scotland many times and been all over. Yeah, you know, been all over. So yeah, have friends there, and uh, you know, it's a great place. Yep. fantastic place. It really is. Yes. <laughs> but I don't understand that. <laughs> if the bars close 11 p.m. sharp, why I know how about some, but, but Sunday in Scotland, yeah. they, are, they just stop running. Sunday they would close like you'd be in there on a Sunday. Another thing was, too, like on Saturdays in Greenwich, there was a place called the Victorian Carriage, and they had the most amazing bands that came through, like for Sunday matinees, or for Saturday matinees. And then on Sundays, the pubs would shut, like for an hour around lunchtime. Yes. And if you're lucky enough, they'd let you stay in and play pool and stuff. And then they'd reopen until five at night. Yeah. 
and then that's it. What do you do after that on a Sunday? Anyway. <laughs> what do you do after that? Oh, so, so, so much fun. Yeah, you know, when you go to, when you travel like you and I do, um, and you go to another country and you see things are done differently, you're like, what is, you know, I never understood that. I mean, everybody drinks so heavily and on that continent and and it I think shut that's probably the, they were probably playing it safe as far yeah, as that yeah, probably especially back then you know it, it was it, it, it's great stuff it really is i love it i love it all it, it got so many great friends around the world i really do but um so you uh you actually have a gig coming up soon in nashville yeah, down in Nashville. My friend uh, Chuck Consolving, he's got a place. He opened up Eastside Bowl. It's in Madison. It's about 30 minutes outside of Nashville. Nashville. We always go down and stay with our good friends down there. And uh, and it just happened to work out this time. We went and visited the Eastside Bowl last time. Anyone that's down around the Nashville area, you got to go check it out, man. He's got every rock and roll pinball machine. <laughs> he's got stuff that you never even knew existed. And it's all like in pristine condition. And he's got a wonderful spot, like you wouldn't believe the stage and the production and he's got like a his charks diner and it's a really cool thing so i'm actually going to be playing with uh he's got a band called feathers they're like a black crows band oh yeah and so i'm gonna it's going to be jimmy coon's congregation and it's going to be chark and his mates so they're lovely enough to let me do a gig while i'm down there wow that's great so they're learning all your stuff now yeah Basically, yeah. yes, and we're growing a few free chestnuts and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, yeah, so that's uh, in song. Nashville on April 8th at the East Side Bowl in Madison, Tennessee, which is right outside of Nashville. It's going to be the Jimmy Coons Congregation. If I wish I could go, I would. I wish I could too, yeah. I would, I would go. I, I don't think that we can. I think that. Uh, that whole week I'm busy doing. Yeah, that's the Easter week. That was a tough one, you know. Yeah, when we realized yeah, Chuck was cool about it. Yeah, so. I mean, I, it, I, it's not because of Easter, it's <laughs> because you know we're busy doing stuff. The schedule yeah, yeah. gets rough. It really, it, it it really does. But um, um, just you know, I'm looking at so many things here, and <laughs> you know, we could go on for a long time, and we're going to do a little bit more, you know. Angus Clark and you and and the, the Clark band. I mean, again, yeah, the Clark band. We, you know, Angus actually subbed a couple times for Jimmy Coon's band. Uh, I think we opened for Richie Cotts at one time. Angus and I. But you know, a while back, Angus had a studio when he was in Brooklyn. I was on the Upper East Side. He had a studio in the Music Building, and we had these three amazing demos. And one of them, I actually one of them, I was going to play called Cross to Bear the other night. Um, it's kind of like a real kind of. It's hard to explain. Um, it was like an acoustic-y kind of white snake sort of thing. Anyway, um, and, you know, we've been sitting on these demos, and Angus goes out with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and so we've been, we're going to maybe be doing some more recording here in the near future because the songs are just so strong, you know. Uh, so we've been talking about that, uh, maybe maybe record out in Asbury Park. And, um, you know, so that's that's one thing that's pending right now. And I know you've got the list there. Um, you know, what we're... I also did, you know, I was working for a long time. I subbed for Michael Lee Smith in Stars. <clears throat> and uh, pre-pandemic, we I, I just filled in for one gig down in it's San Antonio. Yeah, it was like a, a co-headline with Pat Travers' band. And Axe, a band called Axe. You remember those guys? I remember Axe. And it was in this huge warehouse, like pavilion sort of thing. And and Richie and I, as well, we were sitting on probably about eight really strong demos as well. You know, what happened was when there was time to do all the stuff and then boom, the pandemic. So now you have, you have time to sort of process and oh yeah. Oh, yeah. get some kind of timeline together for it and stuff. So, you know, sometimes I look back and I just say, when did I do all that? You know? It, it, so, my big thing is the next song. That's my big boss. <laughs> so, so you were talking about a song. Uh, what is across a, a to bear? Yeah, cross to bear. Yeah, cross to bear. <laughs> 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 I have a song that I wrote a few years ago, Cohen, saying, "I have a cross to bear." Oh, 
Yes. <laughs> we'll have to well, see what that's the, right. We'll have to like put them together and see what the the difference is. Or something. A mashup, perhaps. Say that again. A mashup, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever you know, we could do something. It'll be great. But um, yeah, so you actually got to play with Richie Rano then. Yeah, you know, uh, my old manager from Savoy Brown, he's over with Pete Brown from, uh, you know, the writer for for Cream, all the lyrics and stuff. Sure. He's uh, in the studio. Pete's in the studio over in uh, Lancaster, maybe. But Arnie's over there. And uh, he uh, called me one day years ago. I don't even know, time-wise, eight years ago? and said that Richie was looking for someone. Now, I had met Richie when I, I did the Bonzo Bash one year, and the rehearsals were at Gibson Guitars. And that's where, you know, I, I ran into Joe Franco again. And, of course, every drummer you want to hear play is part of the, the Bonzo Bash thing, you know, of course. that Brian, Brian was doing. And um, and we had met, and I was like, wow, you know, Richie, I mean, like, CJ and I, just the pump violation when we would be, you know, it was lunch break, this huge Morant system in the music room. Yeah. And I think there's, that's like a perfect album violation, you know. And then years later, I'm writing songs with Richie Rano. What? You know, I just I just went to see, actually, Stars and Angel a couple of weeks ago oh, here. Wow. They played real close to here. Yeah, oh, you really? Yeah, Stars and Angel. Wow. They were really good, too. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great lineup from you know the seventies, man. It's just yeah. And Joe Doobie was he's got his he's getting his health back. He was on drums. It was lovely to see him again. Fantastic, yeah. That's yeah. Kind of stuff. And, and there's a there's a guitar player that I met in London years ago when I met Ginger Wildheart. Uh, his name's Alex Kane, and I was just doing some writing with him earlier on today. But he was the second guitar player in Stars for a while. Actually, uh, Ginger helped out, and I think he played bass. He helped. He was such a he's such a Stars fan. There's so many people that are like cheap tricks and and and, and yeah yeah artist fans that melodic great rock you know hooky hooky rock you know and I you know one day I was talking to Richie he mentioned Alex's name I said like man I met him years ago in, at the Marquee Club in the newest version of the Marquee the, Club the newest version right yeah and uh, and then somewhere along the line Alex said you know we ought to do like a straight ahead rock record so we now we're tossing ideas back and forth and I'm really excited about it and he likes my guitar playing so there you go <laughs> it's all about writing good songs man yeah it really is it's, you know it's about the lyrics the melody line and and you know after everything after that it's just puts makes it into a real song but yeah <laughs> and then uh it just, you know, the stories are great, and I love hearing all the stuff you're doing. And uh, kind of a little jealous because I'd like to be doing more, also. But I like your stories as well. I like that rehearsal, cactus rehearsal story. And like, isn't that just wild? They picked you up. I mean, like, <laughs> they didn't know we were going to put you right there, and yeah. them. You know what I mean? And they're talking it's, about it's, songs. You know, I remember hearing them talk about. Uh, um, uh, they were putting together uh, the second album, restrictions. Yeah, yeah. You know, it hadn't been out yet, and they're talking about it and we're like a new cactus album a new cactus album they're talking about restrictions yeah <laughs> so many great bands from long island rock bands yeah everything tons of great talent from long island it really is oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. i mean when you go out to the uh, the the um uh, the long island music and entertainment hall of fame and you look at the walls and you look at the videos and the pictures and and all the rock memorabilia you go wow it's just it's 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 rich with talent. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely gonna check that out next time we're out there. Yeah, let me know, man. We'll we'll go together. Look, okay, yeah, I definitely will. As a matter of fact, I'm playing with Bobby and Paul uh, McGilloway and Rob DiMartino. Bobby does that jam in Smithtown. Right. So that is going to be on the 18th, April 18th. Yeah. So it's when I come back. I come, I'm back from Nashville, and I fly in on that. On that Tuesday of the day of the gig, I fly in early enough and so I'll be able to go just out there and and uh, it's so much fun, and it's all drummers and you know because Bobby teaches everyone. Usually the club's full of Bobby's students and stuff, but it is a really cool hang. You you know the place. I, I know of it. I, I don't okay. think I've been there. We'll meet up there. Yeah, I know where it is. I don't think I've been there though. Okay. Yeah, I, I really. Well, I mean, Bobby used to ask me to show up all the time, and it was just the schedule is just rough, you know. Yeah. And now I've got my show every Tuesday night. Oh, that's right. You know, that's right. And maybe we'll have to uh, 
plan it and and you know play repeat or a record pre-recorded show so i yeah. can go out we usually hit at 10 they usually what we usually hit at 10 oh yeah i could well, make it's it. a, yeah you could yeah it's a later sure later thing, yeah. yeah i may have to just show up to see it anyway and bother robbie bobby rondinelli yeah there's some i get the jollies out of bothering him is that right the 18th is that after i don't i don't know i mean you'll have to tell me when you find out let me know okay it'd be great um so there's some people asking um what's with the guitar oh, it's the 11th i'm sorry it's the 11th oh april yeah 11th. i'm back on the 11th i'm sorry it's not the 18th okay. all you the out there and zoom i was looking it up now um so there's some people asking about the uh the guitars behind you oh yeah 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 well, I don't know if you could see this. This is an old 70s Japanese Yamaha that was left out on a porch. My friend had a place out in, by the Pine Creek in Pennsylvania. I said, you can't leave the guitar out. Anyway, long story short, the neck bowed on it. But it's got such a great truss rod that a good friend of mine, Jeff Slate, um, he said, I got a guy, and he fixed it. And the guy ended up, he was a bass player in Subway Brown. He goes, of course, you get mates rates. And I went, yeah. You know, but he fixed that up, and that thing is like a charm. Those Japanese, when they they made these Yamahas, they just made the the construction of them was just so solid. This is my Jimmy Page Dan Electro. I don't know if you can see it. Wow. Yeah, and this is an old '71. This is Pride and Joy. That's an old '71 violin headstock. The tuners are in back. EB EB three bass. Highly vintage. And then speaking of vintage, there's a company called Vintage Guitars that makes... This is my uh, Mick Ronson model with the strip top. Yes, beautiful. And instruments, it's added down to even like the mismatched volume and treble controls. And the food the monster. This was a gift from Roto, the second guitar player in, in, uh, excuse me, in uh, Humble Pie. He's out playing with a band, killing with a band called Zoso, doing Jimmy Page. Oh, really? I've, seen, I've caught him twice so far, and he's remarkably, really, he's, ever since I first met him, uh, you know, I said, like, I got to play with this guy, and I brought him into the Humble Pie thing. But one day, I, I was, I, during the pandemic, I went out, opened the door, and there was a guitar case there. And he, he I was asking him about, hey, how is that guitar? He sent, he sent his... He sent his guitar to me, so well, thanks. Nice. <laughs> Good to have friends like that. Yeah, I can't send me a, a, a rare guitar. Yeah, and that Everly Brothers you saw that was a gift from Randy Pratt. Oh, really? Yeah, the studio owner and the harp player in Cactus and the mastermind behind uh, National Record Company. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. wow. Which which leaves us. Last but not least, but I did a record with Bill Leverty from Firehouse, the guitar player of the, my best friend C.J. Snares band, Bill Leverty, and that's we tuned down half step. We were talking that, about that we were before talking about the that before. Yes, yeah, yes. and we did an album. It's probably my favorite record. It's called Flood the Engine, and uh, uh, yes, I, right, I just saw that. Yeah, the only record I've ever, ever done that's tuned down half a step. And Bill and I were big Backstreet Crawler fans. And one day I woke up and I just got on the computer and I went, let's get a little commerce going. And so I uh, I said, hey, you know, we always liked that song, All the Girls Are Crazy. You want to do a version of it? He said, ah, oh, that'd be great. I, I can do it here. He's a wonderful engineer. He And he's got a place down in Richmond. And he, do, he, he engineers and produces all the firehouse stuff. And man, I'll tell you what, it was so effortless. I went down to Richmond, two two sessions, and and it was almost like otherworldly how easy that it came together. And uh, and the production is like second to none on it. I've got copies of that. If you want anything, you can just go on my Facebook right now. I'm getting a new page that's just be under construction. It'll be jimmycoons.com. But if anyone wants to message me on my Jimmy Coons, K-U-N-E-S, on my... Uh, Facebook page, I've got cactus stuff in stock, and I've got pretty much anything you need, we'll hook you up. Right. Uh, Laura's posting that now so everybody can see it. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, Laura. Yeah. Hey, uh, just amazing. So, also, um, the newest cactus album, Tightrope. Yeah. Yeah. 
That was what I, I, I wrote that record with Paul Warren. Uh, that was his musical director for Rod Stewart for 16 years. He also uh, was musical director for Joe Cocker and Tina Turner. Uh, he lives down in Nashville. Um, that was a lot of fun. And there's some real Uriah Heat style harmonies on there, especially on the last track. Um, it's a two part track, an epic track, if you will. I've heard it. Yeah, I've heard the yeah, whole thing. It's yeah, all the madmen. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Ever, ever long, and all the madmen. Thank you. So you have heard it, okay? Oh, absolutely. It's one of my favorite. Yeah, Cactus fan. Oh, there you go. Cactus fan. There you go. <laughs> so we, have, we have album slicks too. If you need something autographed, we can get hook you up with some of those. Whoever's listening, if you want, yeah, that'd be great. That really would be. That would be great. Yeah, I had. Um, oh, I don't know. About a year ago, we also had another show here that I was a co-host on. I had two friends of mine on with me. And we actually had Calm on in that show. Uh-huh. And it was hilarious. I bet. <laughs> you and him? Hilar- What's that? <laughs> you and him? Oh, yeah. It was hilarious. You know, yeah. so um, we're talking to him for a while. And, uh, you know, like a, a, and I look at the background. I go, come on. What are you t- Are you paying a bill? He goes, yeah, this is my favorite sushi restaurant. I'm eating. I'm just finished with dinner. So he's sitting in the corner at the sushi restaurant knowing that he has a show to do, and he got everybody. They got the restaurant to move everybody away from him. So you didn't hear any noise or anything. But I see, you know, the waiter or waitress coming over and putting the, the bill down in front of him, and then he pulls out his credit card and puts it down. I'm like, Sounds like karma. What a class act, man. It was yeah. a lot of fun, though. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. You know, I was like, I don't, I don't think he realized that I knew his career that well because I was asking him some very deep, esoteric questions about things. Mm-hmm. You know, and he goes, "But you really do have the knowledge about this." You know, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. It, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. You know, and then his stories about uh, Led Zeppelin opening up for Cactus in the Fillmore. Because nobody vanilla, knew who led Vanilla Fudge. Was. Vanilla Fudge, right? Oh, Vanilla Fudge, you're right. Vanilla yeah, Fudge. Yeah. Not Cactus. Vanilla Fudge, you're right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and did you, did you ever sing in Vanilla Fudge? No, no. No, I didn't think so. Okay. No, they were in the studio doing stuff at different times when I was doing things. Mm-hmm. So I was hanging. I did hang out with Mark. I'm a big Mark Stein fan. He was yeah. in the Tommy Bowen yeah. band. Yeah. You know, that's my, you know, the Tommy Bowen thing is like one of my big things, you know. Yeah. Mark's a lovely guy. Oh, great guy. Vinny, too. Vince, Vince, Vince is, I, I really love Vince a lot as well. And, uh, you know, and Timmy, you know, we did we did some double bills. Oof. You know, that's a lot of harmony singing. It is. Those two lot, guys. A lot of harmony singing. <laughs> Tim and Carmine. Oh, you know. Oh, yeah. They had, they had great, um, you know, harmony, greasy vocals, man. I, it just, the, the best, man. Especially when... Uh, you know, for that short-lived Beck Bogart Napacy, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing them live, and and Timmy and and uh, and Timmy is actually singing, singing a lot of the lead stuff, but you know, their yeah. background vocals were great. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, powerful stuff. Yeah, Timmy sang Superstition, right? Oh yeah, it killed it. Yeah, yeah, it killed it. Yeah, good video of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some video on. There's some cactus. There's some original cactus video that's out there. I think that maybe. With Rusty Day? Yeah, with Rusty Day, yeah. From Isle of Wight, maybe? Oh, yeah, maybe the Isle of Wight. They did a, yeah. they did a bunch of songs at the Isle of Wight. They, uh, I've heard that anyway, so we'll see. Yeah, I've, that, just, I've seen snippets. It's pretty electric, as I, you can I, imagine. I never saw the video, but that version, the live version of Parchment Farm was amazing on the Isle of Wight. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was insane. Yeah. It really was. It was insane. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I never knew there was video stuff with... Uh, with a rusty day um, in the early days of cactus. I'll have to try to see that and look at it. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, um, you know, cactus should be happy. Um, not be happy. I mean, Rusty's no longer with us, but they got you. Well, that was, uh, I did the tightrope record. That's my last record with cactus. Right. I know. I know. Yeah. 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 But they, uh, you know, like three records, pretty good run. Cactus five, uh, black dawn. Yes. You know, a lot of European tours, Prague, Germany, through Germany. Uh, we grabbed Tony Franklin and took him to Venezuela and Italy, and that was fun. I could ask him all my Jimmy Page questions about the uh, 
about the firm, <laughs> my techniques and all that stuff. You know, Tony's a love, wonderful guy. Are you, Jimmy, are you a Jimmy Page fan? Oh, yeah, big time. Okay, yeah. so here's a little, a little tidbit for you. Mm-hmm. Twisted Sisters' Can't Stop Rock and Roll uh-huh. was recorded in the Sal. You know what? That's so funny because my girlfriend and I went to visit her friends in that little town. We went to this little pub where you have to like lean down because the rafters are so for like a Sunday drink and maybe a little bit of a Sunday roast or something like that, you know. And I was like, I forget what town it is now, but I was going, you know, there's something here. And I did the research and I was like, the soul is here. And my friend goes, yeah, yeah it, it, it's right. You walk over this bridge and you can just barely see where it was. And you talk, the, the hairs on my arm was sticking up. It's it's now a private residence. You know, Jimmy yeah. sold it. Tony, Tony told me it's haunted. Yeah. He's, oh, all yeah, those guys yeah. would get in their get in their cars and go to London. He would stay there. He goes, it's definitely haunted. When we when we stayed there, we we lived That's there. That's cool. You recorded there. We recorded Can't Stop Rock and Roll there, but there's a separate building that's that was part of a mill it yeah 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 a, a wheel you know mm-hmm. a wheel and the the wheel is gone but the the kind of creek or river still flows under the building it's so cool and there they turned that into like a small into like a hotel it had like yeah. six oh, or seven cool. or eight rooms in it and it was very comfortable it was great but the main mm-hmm. building was haunted yeah oh yeah it was definitely um Stu Epps was the engineer uh-huh. Stu Epps was the engineer, and um, one one quick thing, which I'll say many years later, is I actually got into, he let me, well, we went into the tape locker, you know, uh-huh. and I actually held the holy grails of rock and roll, Led Zeppelin 1 and Led Zeppelin 2, the, the two-inch tapes, and looked at the track sheets and the writing and all the jokes and everything on Ooh, it. Wow. I, was, I was blown away, man. I was like, I I'm holding, like, legendary stuff here. You know, oh, yeah. which well, that, was, I think you topped all of my stories right oh, there. Oh man, I was just a friend. I'm, I was never supposed to say that because he would get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. But he, obviously, the studio isn't there anymore. I'm sure Jimmy has them all stashed yeah. someplace. Yeah, Tony, Tony told me a bunch of uh, stories about it was that. An so, amazing place. It's such a quaint little little English town, man. It's beautiful. It's like, yeah, I, yeah, and we were there. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. No, you must have values, dug it, right? The property values just went down when we were there. <laughs> 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 Jimmy, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us. It is fantastic. You are a wealth of information and a story and an rich in talent, man. Just rich in it's talent. Totally my pleasure, man. Mark, it's so great to reconnect with you, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to stay in touch. And uh, I, I, I think in our near future, there might be something going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll I'll make sure I'll reach out to you when we do the Bobby gig. And yeah, thank you, Steve and Laura. And maybe uh maybe um during the day we could go out to the uh the um Oh yeah, to the museum. Roll, I mean the Long Island Music Hall of Fame, you know, entertainment and fame is not that far from it's yeah, right outside yeah. Of, yeah, outside of Stony Brook, so it's not that far. Right, let's make a let's make a plan. Let's do that. All right, let's do it. Laura Awesome. She said absolutely. Everybody, Ooh. I'm gonna a warm Thank you for the legendary great Jimmy Coons. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. All right. We can't say enough for you spending some some time with us tonight. It is really good. You're a busy guy. It's totally my pleasure, man. Oh, Thank you so man. Much. And we're going to do it again soon. And we'll cool. come back on. We got a lot more stories, a lot it's more things enough. to talk about. And, uh, um, you know, I don't want to monopolize your time. I know you're busy. Thanks very much. Yes. Everybody, again, the legendary great Jimmy Coons. Everybody, thanks for tuning in tonight. I am Mark Mendoza. That is Jimmy Coons. Don't mistake anything about that man, that's for sure. Uh, This is 22 Now on Area 22 Productions. I am your host, Mark Mendoza. Stay hungry, stay healthy, stay out of trouble. And we will see you next week, 7 p.m. New York time, Eastern Standard Time, as always, right here on Area 22. Good night, everybody.